Hello, I'm Pastor Draper of Maranatha Bible Church. And in light of the recent virus from China and looking at the devastating impact, displaced, despondent, in pain, in confusion, not knowing where to go, I want to preach a message entitled, Starting Over. This is a special message that you really don't want to miss. Because the reality of life is that sooner or later, all of us have to start over. After the death of a loved one, uh, not passing a course, a failed marriage, a bad decision, on and on it goes. Life will put us in position where we will have to start over. I will be preaching from Genesis chapter 7 and 8. Lessons and insights from the life of Noah. And Father, we thank you that we do need a word in these times in which we live. We thank you for the assembling ourselves in the house of God with the people of God to the glory of God. Help us to be still and say, speak, Lord without distractions and wandering minds. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 8, verses 13 through 19. We're continuing our theme, and we'll, Lord willing, end it on next Sunday, this particular series. This is, we have two messages left, and then we'll transition prayerfully to the book of First John and begin to preach chapter by chapter, verse by verse through that particular book over near uh, the end of the Bible on uh, approximately around first Sunday. But for now, we want to commence with Genesis chapter 8, verses 13 through 19. This is our theme text that we are dealing with, and then we'll uh, reference a number of the scriptures. The scripture says, and it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your family, and your sons and your sons' wives with you, bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Verse 19, every animal, every creeping thing, every bird and whatever creeps on the earth according to their families, went out of the ark. And from this particular passage of Scripture, we want to continue the theme that we have been preaching all month in this brand new year, starting over in life. Starting over in life. Solomon says in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verse 9, and there is nothing new under the sun. Many in our nation are often appalled, disgusted 
and rightfully so, horrified at what we see unfolding right before our eyes in America. We see the violence, the looting, the burning of buildings. We witness the disrespect for civil authority. We're witnessing the desecration of historical landmarks, the break-in and invasion of the U.S. Capitol. We see burning of the American flag that have been draped around coffins. We see hate all over the place, racial prejudice and injustice. Then there's the cancel culture, foul language, abortion, gender confusion, child abuse, murder, pride, and blaspheming God, to name a few with no sense of remorse. Well, thousands of years ago, Noah lived in a day where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. They rebelled against God. Their conscience was hardened against God, seared against God. Idol worship was rampant. Homosexuality was all over the place. Prostitution was pervasive. There was adultery, sorcery, and drunkenness was so common And wickedness knew no bounds, even in the generation of Noah. Yes, that scripture in Ecclesiastes 1.9 is most needful. And there is nothing new under the sun. It's a very wicked generation today. And it it was a very wicked generation in the era of Noah. Uh, for example, uh, look at uh, Genesis 6, 5. I mean, let's just look just a minute just so you can see the reasonings behind the flood. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, and then skip down to verses 11 and 13, it says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great, not that little, but was great in the earth. Underline that. And that Look, this is so critical. And that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Every thought, every intention. There was no break in evilness. It, it, it was just common. It, it, was, it, was, it, it saturated society. Verse 11, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with violence as we see in our nation today. Verse 12, and God saw the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, you know, God talks, he's he, God said, God talked to Noah. God said, I am determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. It was a lawless and perverted generation in Noah's day. And then in Genesis chapter 6, there's a wonderful contrast there. In Genesis 6, verses 8 through 9, it says, but... A distinct contrast, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. I love this. Underline this, it's going to be our theme. And Noah walked with God. Wow. 
And Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God in the midst of a generation that was very evil, very corrupt, but Noah was determined. His mind was made up to walk with God. Is that you in America when we look at all the things that we are witnessing right before our eyes? Have you made up your mind in spite of what you see on television, media, social media? Have you made up your mind to live for God, to walk with God, to be like the Lord Jesus Christ? The wickedness and corruption in America today rivals that of Noah's generation. Like Noah, we too have favor. We can have favor. And we too can have grace in the eyes of the Lord if we, like Noah, are blameless. Here's the condition. You, you, you can have favor with God if you are just. You can have favor with God if you are righteous. And you can have favor with God if you walk with God. God commissioned Noah to build an ark to preserve himself, being Noah, his family, and the animal kingdom from the approaching judgment by water. Sadly, the animals were more responsive to the call of God than evil, corrupt humanity made in the very image of God. Man who was the crown of God's creation. Man who was fearfully and wonderfully made. Man who was made a little lower than the angels. Man, man who was intelligent, body, soul, and spirit. The animals moved by instinct, but man was made in the image of God, and yet the animals were more responsive to God than man and woman who were made in the very image of God. There were far more animals aboard that, that ark than people. Animals all over the ark. But where were the people? Only eight. If you're just tuning in to the Maranatha broadcast, Pastor Draper is in the midst of a series entitled Starting Over. Noah built the ark and preached Say he preached, yeah, he preached, of the coming judgment over a span of approximately 120 years, which gave Noah a very long period of time to warn the people. 120 years? That's a century. And, and then you get two decades on top of the century. Now, that's a lot of preaching. And some of y'all can't listen to me 40 minutes. <laughs> He preached a long time. He preached all day on Monday and Tuesday. He preached Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Ate, slept, prayed, and preached. He warned the people. He preached to the people. And he reasoned with the people while he was constructing that monstrosity, that huge ark to that corrupt generation of his day when they had never seen rain nor 
preach by faith. Let me tell you something. You ought to serve God when you don't see nothing. That's right. When you don't see answered prayer, when things don't happen, when you think they ought to happen, you ought to still be faithful to God doing exactly what he has told you to do. Now, he may not answer prayer exactly when you want him to, but I tell you what, he's always on time. Do I have a witness? If you can't see a thing, just keep doing what God told you to do. Don't, Don't give up. I don't see. God didn't move in two minutes on my prayer. Well, first of all, God is not on your time schedule. In the very construction of the ark, Noah bore witness to righteousness. In the very construction of the ark, Noah bore witness of righteousness. Every blow of the hammer and pounding of a nail was a call to repentance to spare from the coming imminent judgment those who would perish if they not heed the warning and preaching of Noah. Every pounding of that hammer. God warned Noah and Noah warned the people of his day. That's why I preach so hard, because I'm warning you to live holy when nobody's looking. Have integrity when you're in another city on a business assignment, a military assignment. Realize God is watching you. I'm warning, lest you stop sinning, you will die in your sins and you will perish like those In the time of Noah, you may get by, but you will not get away. You say, how how do you know? Pastor, can you prove to me that Noah warned the people? Oh, yes, I certainly can. I'm glad you asked. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 7, it says, by faith, nor being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. God warned Noah, Noah warned. He took that warning and he moved it to the people, saving his household by which he condemned the world. And became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. You say, how did, how did Noah get saved? By the same faith you got saved. That's right. He obeyed God. He came to Jesus. Those who look forward to God, he, he believed the word of God. He rested in the promises of God, the assurance of God. By faith, he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He was a righteous man in a corrupt generation. We know Noah was a preacher. You say, well, how do you know he was a preacher? Well, let me see. We know Noah preached to that wicked generation because the scripture can interpret the scripture. 
It says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, and did not spare the ancient world, but save nor one of eight people, underline this, a preacher of righteousness. <laughs> a righteous man who preached bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Because of the hardness of the people's heart, only eight people, which was Noah and his family, went aboard that ark. Because God is holy, he would not tolerate wickedness and rebellion, resulting in him sending a global flood to purge the world of evil and judge sinful humanity. Even though God is a God of love, even though God is a God of mercy, even though God is a God of grace, he is also a God of wrath and he is also a God of judgment. And you see the various judgment uh, falling on mankind, particularly in the book of Revelation. You have the trumpet judgment. You have the bowl judgment. You have the seal judgment. And even with all those judgment, the wickedness of man was so great that they refused to repent. And they blasphemed God right even in the time of Jacob. Wow. If you are unwilling to submit to God and you want to be rebellious, defiant, and rebel against Almighty God, then prepare to be judged by God. And the same God who judged the world with a universal flood will one day come and judge the earth and everything in it with fire. The first judgment, cataclysmic, global judgment was the flood. But there is another coming judgment and it won't be water. It's going to be fire. You say, where is that? Second Peter chapter three, verses 10 through 12 says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Suddenly he comes in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements, everything that make up the earth and the world, will melt with, underline that, fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. That's your designer glasses, y'all. That's your suit, your tie, the nice dress. That's the carpet, the tile, the wooden floor. That's the grass, the shrubbery. That's the assets. That's, that's the rings, the bling bling, the fashion. That, that, that's your sports team. Whoever they are. Gone go, go up in smoke, burned up. Verse 11. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved. You see that? Shh, like Alcacessa? Dissolved. And what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, 
looking for the hastening of the coming of the day of the Lord because of which the heavens will be dissolved. Look, being on fire, everything on fire, the wonders of the world on fire, on fire, everything, the the Grand Canyon on fire. That's right. The, The pyramids, on fire. Snow-capped mountains and glaciers melt being on fire. The Eiffel Tower in France on fire. The Vatican, Pope get out, on fire. And the elements will melt with fervent heat After 40 days, going back to the flood now, after 40 days and nights of torrential floodwaters wiping out every form of life, God instructed Noah to come out of the ark, Noah, you and your family. Noah and his family in the animal kingdom had no other recourse but to start over. Now, all of that was a backdrop to get you on principles for living today as we consider how do we start over in life in this brand new year the Lord has given us. Words of encouragement for starting over in life. Number one, when starting over, ask the Lord for wisdom to make the most of each day and refuse to worry. When starting over, ask the Lord for wisdom to make the most of each day and refuse to start over. You have nothing to gain from worry. With all the pandemic and death and sickness, somebody's worried about catching the virus, worried about getting sick, worried about finances, worried about jobs, worried about the stock market, worried about children and grandchildren. Worry will bring on stress, will bring on sickness. Worry will bring on depression. Worry will bring on irritability. Worry will bring on a loss of focus and much more. Be mindful. Our Lord has today and tomorrow in his hand. Today and tomorrow is in the hands of God. And when you live in that reality, you won't worry. Matthew 6, 34 says, so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Why are you into tomorrow? You can't figure out today. Today's trouble is enough for today. The scripture is clear that worrying is a sin. I believe the sin of worry is committed by more Christians than any other sin. Therefore, trust the Lord for this day and allow him to help you make the most of this year. Worrying about tomorrow will cause you to be less productive today because it takes away our focus. Worry takes away our energy and worry steals our time, which could be used to maximize the precious gift of time this very year. To overcome worry, you must realize that God is in control. Don't worry about who's in the White House. As long as God is on the throne, they all come and go. Realize that. 
that God will sustain you and give you his peace in the midst of adversity. Beloved, you have absolutely nothing to gain from worry, but you do have everything to lose when you worry. Worry is the great takeaway. It subtracts but never adds for the good of a person. Worry cannot add more years and not even one hour to your life. So why worry? The scripture also says in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Repeat this after me. You need that until it get in your spirit. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Again, a little bit louder. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Thank you. Secondly, if we're going to start over in life, being flexible is so critical to starting over. Being flexible is so critical to starting over. When Noah got off that ark, he had to adjust to a new environment. When he got off that ark, he had to adjust to a new location. And when he got off that ark, there was no civilization. Wow, what adjustments he had to make. He had to be flexible, which is to have the ability to adjust readily to different conditions and circumstances. He had to make some severe adjustments. And I I submit to you today, refuse to be so rigid, so strict, and so set in your ways that God cannot stretch you into new dimensions, spiritual dimensions, to get the most out of you this year. As Pastor Rander concludes this message, Let us commit ourselves to the fruit of the Spirit as given to us in the Word of God. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Let us commit ourselves to giving our best service to God in all that we do. For when we give God's way, as His Word tells us, we will receive in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. If you enjoy this kind of Bible teaching, Please join Pastor Rander at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas.